That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska! We could not talk or talk forever. And still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. The amazing Jennifer Coolidge from our nation's capital. It is Thursday, Feb 10, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 387 of the Biden-Harris administration, 271 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at the Bob Seska and on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. And look, sitting right over there, it's the Goth Ninjas. Uh, Jody is back. Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast. Patreon.com slash from the bunker. Go and subscribe to all the bonus content over there. And David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. Astralsummer.bandcamp.com is his music project. Speaking of music, we got some great music coming up later in the show. Brand new recording artist of the show, Yona Marie, who's a uh, hip-hop R&B recording artist. We need more hip-hop and R&B on the show, I think. To diversify our music selections here. Plus, we've got a brand new song from Treetop Flyers off of their amazing new Old Habits album. So I'm looking forward to all of that. All right, Goth Ninjas, I guess we got to do this. I guess we got to talk about Marjorie Three Toes and how the Gestapo or the. God damn it, I did it. I said the it. right word. Right. I yeah. just. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk idiot today. I'm having trouble translating from normal to moron. So. She was talking about the gazpacho police, Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police. And is it because she knows Nancy is Italian and that's why she went with gazpacho? That's right. And in gazpacho case, is a Spanish thing. Yeah, it's served it's cold. What's in there? Usually, yummy. Uh, it's yummy. cucumbers. It's fresh tomatoes. It's herbs. Yeah. Uh, usually some breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. um, a little lime. Somebody make it tangy, and then you serve it with like crunchy, like croutons, or he'll even put popcorn in it. Or oh my god, Chinese noodles! Wow, yeah, it's wonderful. Oh man, Um, and it really it smells like a summer garden in a bowl. You would never, I would never have thought before I started dating and loving Ben that I would enjoy a bowl of cold soup. (laughs) I love gazpacho; it's my favorite. In case and it's been, a marvelous plot device in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Have you guys seen that movie? No, no, I, I have for a long time. Yeah. No. Oh man, it's um Pedro. Oh God, what is it? Almodovar? Is that his name? Yes, that's his name. But um, this woman decides her lover leaves her, and she decides she's going to commit suicide. So she grinds up a bunch of sleeping pills.
bottles and mixes it up in this big, big bowl of gazpacho. And then she keeps getting interrupted. The police come looking for someone. And then, <laughs> yeah. then people keep drinking. And they're like going in the kitchen going, mmm, gazpacho, delicioso. And like having a big swig of it and then passing out. And then she's having to drag the bodies around. It's hilarious. Well, in case you've been living under a rock for the last 24 hours, uh, here's Marjorie Taylor Greene. What was this on, OAN or one of those networks? One of those, yeah. Yeah, one of those weirdo networks way down the dial. <laughs> and uh, and this is what she said. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. gulag, but now we gulag. have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police Whoops. spying on members of Congress, spying on the legislative work that we do, spying on our staff, huh? and spying on American citizens that want to come talk to their representatives. Nonsense. This government has turned into something it was never meant to be, and it's time to make it end. You know what uh, needs to end? Marjorie Taylor Greene needs to stop whizzing on the electric fence. The best part of her statement is she didn't even realize she said the wrong thing. She yeah. just no. kept talking. I know. And I'm like, they're spying on our work. They're spying on our soup. They're spying on our lunch breaks. And I just They're I, not consummate professionals at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in France, they call it the Vichy Stasi. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Exactly. Oh but I've heard that their security arm is full of leaks. Yeah. <laughs> well... Good Lord, proving that anyone can get elected to the United States Congress. (laughs) I mean, it always kind of frightens me when I know that, you know, several out of the whatever it is, 535 current members of Congress, both the Senate and the House side combined. There are so many morons in Congress right now. I've seen this over the years where they just get shit wrong. Come on, Mark Twain. Well, you know, Mark Twain, like, there's no more useless animal. No more of puffed up on its own gases. And I mean, I have, you guys talk. I'll find the description. It's worth <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, this is not uh, big breaking news that Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is an idiot. Um, but, you know, um, <laughs> at least she's not on any official committees spreading right. that idiocy around. And I, you know what? I wonder if she's even capable of talking about issues and legislation, parliamentary yeah. procedure and things like that. I'm convinced that her entire role. Same thing goes for uh, Madison Cawthorn and all those weirdos. Their role in Congress is not to represent their districts or to pass new legislation, to come back with some earmarks for their state or whatever. Their mission there is, as I've been saying for quite some time now, their mission there is as rodeo clown. Yep. What they do is they they run around, they distract the bull, us being the bull. They distract the bull, and while we're distracted, the other Republicans who aren't uh, as loud are doing other things and trying to get away with those things. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk about Mitch McConnell Here and goes, Mike. Mark Twain. Okay. Mike. Suppose you're an idiot. And suppose you're a member of Congress. Yeah. Those are the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Please, he said, can be taught nearly anything a member of Congress can do. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing Mark Twain was never cynical about things, huh? Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so uh, this is, I think, the process. I think they've figured out what they need is they need some fire eaters, the Republicans do. They need fire eaters to keep the base all stirred up and, you know, I I guess someone to say, hey, look, we're just as dumb as you motherfuckers. Look, yeah. for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Madison Cawthorn, Matt Gates, Louis Gohmert. 
You know, I completely forgot that Steve King was no longer a member of Congress. Steve, very strong. He going rogue. <laughs> and Devin Nunes has left. Devin Nunes left the building. Absolutely out. So I guess the next big question that we need to talk about is what did Trump flush and when did he flush it? <laughs> Rocky MNTN Mike on Twitter. Go follow him right now. Yeah, classic right there. Has anyone ever raised the question as to whether he was trying to flush Don Jr. on those 10 tries? <laughs> well, we have previously reported that Donald Trump was eating documents. So yes. it stands to reason that those documents would eventually end up in the crapper. Um, but no, I think Jesus this is... Christ, for four years, our country was ruled by a fucking paste licker. <laughs> Yes. And pay, you know, like the kid who sits in the back of the class and chews up his homework until it's a sodden mess <laughs> and then sticks it. To, ugh. I mean, by the way, Jesus I, Christ, I need to point out another world class description of a, a Trump inner circle guy that occurred on last Thursday's show. Stephanie Miller pointed this out Wednesday morning. David, you were talking about I think we brought up Rudy Giuliani and you mentioned how. Rudy's body is curling over his liver in order yes. to protect it. I thought that was one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever heard in my life. Okay. But oh, uh, Stephanie liked it? Yeah. Oh, Stephanie yeah. loved it. Yeah. She, in fact, nice. I didn't even prompt her about you. She just mentioned it because the name Rudy came up. And she was like, I loved it when David Ferguson said on your show that Rudy's body is curling over onto his liver in order to protect it. <laughs> his yeah. body is morphing in order to guard He's his diseased liver. Yeah. Guest on Sesame Street is the letter G. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, in this case, Donald Trump didn't, uh, you know, eat documents and then crap them out and then clog up the toilet. Apparently, reportedly, he tried to flush official documents because he's a gigantic baby. Maybe this is why. And I, I think that's what prompted uh, uh, Mike's Flush 10 Times song parody from back in the day. But maybe this is why Trump was obsessed with flushing the toilet and how the water pressure mm -hmm. isn't strong mm -hmm. enough. Because yeah. he's got he's got a couple of issues that are related to maybe an inconvenience personally to him. He's got that immensely long comb over hair. It's like nine feet long. Yeah. And he's got it in like a dairy swirl on the top of his head. Imagine trying to wash all of the Aquanet out of that hair. Yeah. And then how are you going to flush White House official documents, maybe classified documents, down the crapper if there's not enough water pressure? So that's why every single goddamn rally, he was doing the thing about flushing the toilet and how <laughs> you can't, you have to wash the dishes over and over again. And the thing that used to drive me nuts is when he would pretend to be flushing the toilet 
he would do the whole thing where he would reach out and go flush with his hand, flush as if he's actually flushing a toilet. And one shoulder goes down and the other goes up. And it's like, uh, is it like, are you about to do the village people dance again? <laughs> like, he can't, like, his arms don't, like, work independently at all. In order to lift a bottle of water, he has to have both work. You know, I just, he's yeah. like the weirdest, disjointed, failing automaton. <laughs> like, well, he's just so weird and awkward. It's like there was a video floating around the other day. Uh, I think Brian Karam shared it on Twitter. And it was an old video, Brian Karam challenging Donald Trump on uh, something related to COVID. And Donald Trump was doing that remove your mask gesture that he used to do, uh -huh. where he used to take his thumb and run it across his face over and over again. Like, hey, don't you know what this means? It means take your mask off. See what I'm doing with my thumb? I'm running it across my face. You idiot, take your mask off because I can't hear you. In fact, I can hear you, but I need to do this because I'm a dick. Mm -hmm. But... Back to the flushing. While President Trump was in office, uh, staff in the White House residence periodically discovered wads of printed paper clogging a toilet and believed the president had flushed pieces of paper. Uh, Maggie Haberman scoops in her forthcoming book, the title of which I'm just, not going to I don't understand why he thinks, like, I mean, all these papers are printed from digital documents. It's not like they came yeah. straight out of a typewriter, homie. It's not like it's the only copy. It doesn't matter if you eat it. It's on a hard drive somewhere. He lives, he lives in a different universe, David. Unless they were handwritten notes. <laughs> he exists in his own little world, right? I mean, it could have been handwritten notes. I think that's a really good point. Like a lot of I think pages... he's just a fucking paste eater. He's a six, seven-year-old still, as I've said a hundred times, in a grown-up suit. And he just like puts things in his mouth, and they have to intercede to make sure he doesn't like choke to death on a paperclip sometime. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, uh, Haberman also reported that Trump has told people since leaving office he has remained in contact with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un whose quote-unquote love letters, as Trump once called them, were among documents the National Archives retrieved from Mar-a-Lago. The, the news of the White House toilet flushing comes as the National Archives has reportedly asked the Biden Justice Department to examine Trump's handling of White House records. And the thing that's uh, annoying me about that angle to the story is that apparently DOJ kicked it back to the National Archives Inspector General. So the, the National Archives is like, hey, DOJ, <sighs> Trump may have absconded off with uh, official White House documents, maybe classified documents. Uh, you want to do anything about that? And DOJ goes, ah, maybe you should have your inspector general take a look at it first before you send it to us. Now, needless to say, if the inspector general of the National Archives goes, okay, yeah, this is all hinky. These look like uh, official White House documents, or these look like classified documents. Then the inspector general at the uh, National Archives can make a referral to DOJ for a criminal investigation. Absolutely. I think that's what they want to do because, again, if you're going after the king, yeah. you can't make a mistake. And Strike it, it, to kill. It, yeah, yeah you really, they really need – it's smarter for them to say, hey, independent National Archives people, double-check that this is classified information because then if it is, then there's a problem. If it isn't, unfortunately, according to – a bunch of the people I've been listening to, their lawyers, there's not a whole lot you can do with him just absconding with stuff. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's unclassified, it really doesn't matter as much as it, if it were classified. So uh, while in office, uh, the former president blithely flouted the Presidential Records Act, which required him to preserve written communications concerning his official duties. Trump routinely tore up documents after leaving office, uh, brought substantial written materials back to Mar-a-Lago. Trump spokesman didn't respond to our request for comment about the plumbing matter. I, I the real White House plumbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, shit, right. 
Apparently, he's terrified of this book. But that sounds to be. me, well, right. he should be, yeah. But it also sounds like a bit of marketing expertise there going on as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's frightening Donald Trump, and we all go, ooh, let's well, go buy call that it con man, basically, or confidence man is not exactly, I mean, if someone's going to write a book about you, a biography, you, wouldn't, you want them to call it, like, the beloved or something, you know, not con man. <laughs> right. One of the allegations is that when Donald Trump would go through a briefing book, whether classified or not, and he saw a picture that he would like, he would rip out the picture and keep it. Oh, good God. Oh, my 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 God. Well, there's a political dynamic to this as well. Uh, We all remember how uh, during every Trump rally, not only did he talk about flushing the toilet and the water pressure and all that bullshit, but uh, he'd spend every single rally at least five, ten minutes talking about the emails and the 30,000 emails Mm -hmm, and acid mm -hmm. washing the hard drive and Hillary Clinton lock her up and all that shit. The Democrats need to relentlessly hammer Trump on this. And you know what? At the same time, hammer the Republicans too. Because first of all, the RNC has merged with Trump. We've seen this on display over the past couple of weeks with Ronna McDaniel and the RNC uh, and uh, the Mitch McConnell faction of the Republican Party starting to butt heads a little bit. And so, obviously, this is something that we can tag all the Republicans with. Why aren't the Republicans uh, condemning Donald Trump for this? They're not. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. So this is an argument. I think this is a valid argument for the Democrats to relentlessly push uh, for the midterms. The meanest, harshest, whatever, cruel, nasty thing. I mean, maybe at some point Hillary Clinton kicked a puppy, but it's still on a moral level <laughs> a higher. If the, it's she's more less or she's less criminal doing that than Donald Trump is trimming his nails. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he is like just oozes criminality mm-hmm. from, you know, his greasy, nasty hairdo all the way to his jacked up shoes. Like he's just fakery and um, what's the word? Artifice. I mean, yeah. that's his whole. And I just it still blows me away that Americans who you would think would be like media savvy, but it's old people. It's people who mm-hmm. think who believe everything that the TV, that the Fox News channel tells them. Because Trump came along, suddenly it's okay to just you know run up and scream in someone's face. We've seen videos of it almost every day, uh, whether it's on an airplane, whether it's in a department store, or what. It's just the, the when I was yeah when I was walking today. Yeah. Um, right before I got home, mm-hmm. and I wear a mask, as you know, constantly. Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody over a speaker from their car, I guess. I don't know if they were yelling it at me personally, but they said, take that mask off. Oh, that was at you. That was absolutely directed at you. Unless I mean, I mean, there were other people on the street also wearing masks, but um, I oh. was just like, I didn't pay attention because cause most of my neighborhood, I would say at least 60% of us are wearing masks outside still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's one of the I'd things. Be like, why you're not dead yet? Yeah, well, I, there's something going on, and I've been calling it the American nervous breakdown. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the root cause of it is. There's obviously theories going around. I mean, I, I see a lot of people saying that uh, you know this posture Bill Maher has taken on uh, you know ending all the protocols, announcing that the pandemic is over, even though it's not. Uh, that this is some uh, long-term side effect of having. COVID. Like there's some sort of 
uh, cognitive issue being uh, manifested here by having COVID. I don't know. I don't want to go that far. I have no idea. I'm not a physician. I, I, I haven't examined Bill Maher or his cognitive abilities. I think it's a long-term exposure to the Internet. Uh, and it's just yeah. this belief that we've had growing since the 80s that we can just push a button and change our reality to whatever suits us better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And well, we've th- just gotten really spoiled, and we think that reality should bend to our will, and it doesn't. It yeah. just consistently refuses. It's funny that way. but Well, along those lines, the uh, open everything people are getting louder and louder and louder. There was another piece in the AP today. Uh, I wrote a whole piece uh, for the banter, thebanter.substack.com. It's out for free right now, so if you want to read it, just go to that website. It's right at the top. There's a picture of Bill Maher and Barry Weiss sitting there. And uh, I covered some of the most recent reporting along these lines. It's not so much reporting. It's more along the lines of uh, opinion pieces, maybe a a couple of uh, more official straight news pieces. Uh, There was one from ABC News that struck me as particularly damaging and with all kinds of traps built in here. For example, this ABC News piece written by Ann Flaherty uh, quotes uh, Frank Luntz. And Frank Luntz says, the public is saying enough. The politicians are saying enough. If Biden doesn't say enough at the State of the Union, he'll be digging a hole he can't climb out. The Democratic governors know this because they're closer to the people, he wrote in an email to ABC News. So seems like what's happening here is there's a trap being baited. Whether or not this is the primary intention, this is a maybe another angle to it. And what's going to happen is Biden's Biden, the the Biden administration is too sophisticated. They don't they're not going to do what Trump would do, where you'd be like, hey, I bet Trump wouldn't bite a rubber dick. He'll be like, oh, yes, I will. You know, the like (laughs) rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, you know, like, you know, people can try to do this to the Biden administration. But have they done anything like that so far? They've been around. Yeah. A lot of the top tier people in the Biden administration were middle tier people in the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. And. Biden himself has been in the Senate and Congress, you know, since three days before they invented dirt. So, like, I mean, he knows how people maneuver politically in Washington. He knows how people set up expectations without your permission. Yeah. And I just don't see him being particularly vulnerable to that kind of hogwash. Well, be careful, because I think this AP piece today uh, was talking about how Joe Biden and the White House are planning along these lines. They haven't made these decisions yet. I don't think they're going to be implemented just yet, but they are uh, considering this. And there are Democratic governors who have well, already it started it would be stupid not to prepare a line of, I mean, you well, do sure. simultaneous, like, less, you know, simultaneous strategic planning mm. of, like, if this happens, we do this. If this happens, we do this. And then you wait for what the science says. But yeah, yeah. Washington is ripping itself to pieces right now because they got so lazy with the Trump administration, which, you know, leaked like a fucking, um, like a sieve, like I, a, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I mean, what I was going to say before is the trap kind of looks like this. Joe Biden finally caves. So, okay, I'm going to take Frank Luntz's advice. I'm going to take the advice of all these people who are wanting to end the pandemic, even though it's not over. And uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to announce that the State of the Union, uh, enough, we're ending all mandates, the pandemic is over, go about your business. And then, like, seconds later, it was like in a SpongeBob episode, seconds later, and then suddenly there's this giant variant spike. And then the Republicans go, oh, oh, senile Joe Biden announced that the Mm -hmm. pandemic is over. And then this giant spike happens. 
And it's mostly happening to people in red states. This is Joe Biden trying to kill Republicans. And whatever the flipping of the script happens, to whatever direction they go with that, whether it's just Joe Biden's out of touch or Joe Biden's trying to kill Republicans, one way or another, that's going to be the springing. That's going to be the springing of the trap. This is a George W. Bush mission accomplished temptation here this is do the uh the the fighter jet landing on the uss abraham lincoln with your flight suit and your mission accomplished banner <laughs> fly in on a like giant hypodermic dr fauci is your co-pilot yeah mission well, inoculated well, yeah the, no i just i the, you know that was a rookie president yeah absolutely and someone who was completely i mean george w bush was not ready for prime time. Well, the other aspect to this trap is the very nature of what they're saying. The common line here, as exemplified in a, in a piece uh, in The Atlantic this week by Yasha Monk, and uh, he wrote a piece titled Open Everything, which to me suggests things are closed. And right. things are not closed. Everything no. Literally everything is open. Schools are yep. what ninety six percent, ninety seven percent of schools are open. You can go to the mall. You can go to a concert. Yeah, but go they don't to have any teachers. Game. All the teachers got infected. They, oh, my county in particular, their their latest series of fuck ups was yeah. so bad. Mm. I mean, and they ended up with every single teacher positive. Oh, like Jesus. just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the point of masking in schools. And right. but I mean, the open everything thing suggests that it's Democrats and Joe Biden who are keeping things closed, even though nothing's closed. <laughs> I mean, again, it's, it's making me go, but... You can do... I don't... You can do so... It's, uh, I have it's faith baffling. in Jen Psaki, or Psaki, or however you say it, it's turning to the White House press corps and being like, can you tell me where... Th- People are not allowed currently to do what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. Or is that just some, you know, shit you're talking in the hall, bitch? Yeah, right. I will cut you. I wear this red dress to hide the bloodstains. Thank you. Well, this is, we're in this cycle now. Oh, shit. That's, I hear a cat fight. I, I, I'll i be right back. Okay. We're in this cycle now where when the numbers go down like this, I feel like that's when we need to do a lockdown yes. and mandates and everything yes. to, to smother it when it's yes. when it's at its weakest but instead we do it when it's at its strongest and then we let our guard down when it's at its weakest and that's when the variants come and that's yep. how we ended up with the Delta spike and, a, and an Omicron spike because we pretended like it wasn't there when the numbers were low. Instead of reducing it significantly, creating that herd immunity when the infection rate is at its lowest. But we couldn't do that. That ship has sailed. That is gone. We're never going to kill COVID. It's always going to be there. I've got about a two out of three cats. Uh, President accounted for. Just give me another minute to make sure nobody's okay. heard. There okay. was a stranger cat trying yeah. to come into the open door and but, it set off a... By the way, if you get a chance, if you can find the documents, there's a, a page or several pages floating around of Stanley Kubrick's instructions for cat-sitting his cats and, and what Stanley Kubrick would have to do if some of the cats would start fighting. He had a whole process for breaking up the fight. It involved waving around towels and shirts and making funny <laughs> noises. If you can find that document online, it is such entertaining reading, especially if you're a fan of Stanley Kubrick. Okay. So uh, this is this, uh, this ongoing trap, and it continues to expand even though there is no popular support for it. I mean, maybe eventually, because there are so many op-eds and, and news stories being written about this. In fact, 
uh, Drudge Report's entire above-the-logo set of headlines are all about this. Global freedoms hit dismal record new low with pandemic restrictions making worse. Abrupt end to mask mandates reflect shifting political landscape. No vax proof for Oscars. Masks off? Dems try pandemic pivot. UK to drop isolations. End of COVID rules with a picture of Joe Biden taking his mask off. So there is this press pressure coming out. There is this op-ed pressure being foisted upon you know, state governors, state legislatures, certainly the White House. And people are going to start seeing that and go, yeah, I know, I guess we just should submit to that. I guess we should just go along with that because there's, I'm reading it. It's, it's popping up on Facebook. People are talking about it. So I guess I'll just believe that. And none of the people who are saying open everything or whatever the nonsensical framing is uh, are ever going to take responsibility for what they've said. True. They're absolutely not going to Sorry, guys. Is everything under control? Everyone's fine. Okay. Yeah. It was just, there's a ginger cat in the neighborhood and I will sometimes leave the door cracked open so my kitties can get some air and sun, but also be able to get back inside in case there's an emergency. Mm-hmm. And the ginger cat is very curious. Okay. And my cats are just like, uh, no. Yeah. The whole cat society is endlessly fascinating to me. One of my favorite things in the world is a video I posted on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and it's these uh, hairless cats smacking each other and one of the funniest things about that is the actual sound that the smacking is made because there, there's no hair on the cast <laughs> yeah. so it's really like <laughs> it's like that noise <laughs> as they're hitting each other and it's so funny i mean they're not being hurt and there's not blood being drawn no they're like just a, yeah they're yeah. scrimmaging yeah like exactly scrimmaging that's a good way to put it Okay, uh, more show here in just a second. But if you're only listening to this part of the Bob Seska Show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you're getting your podcasts, you're only hearing the first hour of the show. There's an extra 20 minutes of show that happens after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday podcast. And it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show or simply bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows, and it's only going to cost you $5 per month. And, and bonus, you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast, so thank you for that. Don't miss out. Again, it's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. Tell me where you slide to When the life gets high, who you try when the rent do Tell me who you ride to When your chips get low, who you drive to, cry to Tell me where the base at Where the folks with the bag, with the cash and the case at Tell me where the wealth at I'ma try to stop that Tell me cause I want it Oh, I love this Yeah 
Yeah, this is uh, Yoni Marie and a song called Take Me to the Moon. This is uh, one of her latest singles. I think this goes back to last year when this single came out. It's brand new to the show. I just got this submission uh, like yesterday. Uh, YonaMarieMusic.com. I've got a link in the description under this episode of BobSeska.com to support Yona Marie and to download her music. Available everywhere you get your digital music. But you can start with the link in the description, as always. Okay, BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit your material. And yes, hip-hop, R&B, always encouraged. We need more of it here in the show. And uh, we've got some great hip-hop recording artists on the show, but far too few, I think. So uh, more like that, please. All right, moving on. Where did we leave off? <laughs> Cat fights, talking about... Oh, here, let's talk about Mitch McConnell and Mike Pence. Yeah. Uh, there's this theory <laughs> floating around, and I think... I know, David, just like jumping out of his chair. Yes, let's talk about Mitch McConnell and Mike yes. Pence. Fun. So, uh, Michael, so- if you could meet me in the cloakroom, I've got something I'd like to show you. <laughs> <laughs> he always, Mitch McConnell always looks like, you're talking about a visible layer of slime. Uh, I don't know what he does. Is it Vaseline that he puts all over his face? Does he cover his face in VapoRub? Or is there some sort of protective shield to keep his body intact? Is there? Is it like a, a plastic shell that maintains the physical integrity of his skin? I have no idea. But it's shiny. That's all I know. But here, I have this, in, in all seriousness, I have this theory about Mitch McConnell and Mike Pence. And it's a, a generally, I think some other people are talking about this too. My theory is that they know something that we don't know about January 6th. They've heard something, and they've decided to start distancing themselves from Donald Trump. Now, look, we do have a a midterm election coming up that includes primaries, and there's going to be kind of a battle between uh, Trump Republicans and more Mitch McConnell kind of Republicans. Talk about, you know, trying to decide between the lesser of two evils. But needless to say, uh, that could be a component. There could be a component in terms of gearing up for the presidential primaries in a year or so. Although there is a theory for uh, 24 that shows, in fact, uh, uh, Malcolm Nance said this on the show uh, last week, that Donald Trump is going to run unopposed in the primaries. The Republicans yeah, will he, just annoy yeah. him. It, the, only, the only way he runs is if 22 goes for the Republicans and yeah. not for the Democrats, he will run, or he's and or he's not incarcerated. Okay. And then if he does run, he will go unopposed. There is no way anybody's going to run against him. I agree with that. I mean, there are already Republicans visiting Iowa, visiting New Hampshire. Right. Uh, Chris Christie appears as if he's going to run. Ron DeSantis obviously going to run. Mike Pence obviously going to run. They're just making the. <laughs> Sorry, that makes me laugh, Mike Pence, thinking he's going to be president. Well, yeah, that is pretty funny. Uh, I know. funny. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like they're gearing up for a primary battle. They're gearing up to run in these uh, in these races. And it doesn't seem I don't like see it. these people folding their egos neatly into their pocket knives and backing yeah. down from running against Trump, especially knowing that he never cracked 45% popularity in the country at large. Well, then the um, other dimension to it is how do the Trump people react when one of them wins a primary? over Donald right. Trump. That's going to be fascinating, right. too. In fact, that's exactly why I want there to be primaries. <laughs> because yeah, I want I want the Republican Party to immolate itself. I want the Republican Party yeah. to... Injuries! Injuries! Yeah. That's what we're rooting for in a Republican primary. Yeah, it's got to be like an Ouroboros, where one half of the Republican Party is eating the other half. 
And that would be the best case. I was talking about this with Fugel saying the other night, where the best case scenario is a big Republican Party split. And we end up dealing with two Republican parties, and they cancel each other out. And Democrats end up gaining majorities. I think that there is a definitive possibility that the Democrats defy history this year. I hope that turns out to be the case. They will in Georgia, because we got Abrams and we got... um uh, Warnock on the ballot, and black people are going to be voting well, like their lives depend on it because yeah. they do. And yeah. if they can, so I yeah. well, I mean, people are going to find ways around their stupid rules. I, I've heard a lot of activists be like, we, We've crawled over broken glass literally to get yeah. to the polling yeah. b- places, and we will do it again, um, right? And, right, you know, a bunch of khaki wearing, uh, gun toting little frat boys are going to stop us. Mm-hmm. Well. Here's uh, what Mitch McConnell said. And again, this could be geared toward uh, uh, midterms. It could be geared toward the presidential race. But I think there's some other calculus going on here. I mean, Mitch McConnell just doesn't randomly blurt shit like this. Everything is very well scripted. Mitch McConnell thinks these things through, especially when you're talking about something like the insurrection. He said, we all were here. We saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purposes of trying to prevent a peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election Mm -hmm. from one administration to the next. That's what it was. And yet, no, Mitch McConnell's not a hero, but that was a little bit of truth right there. You know, the other thing, um, Jody, is there was the thing from Ted Cruz a couple of weeks ago where he called the insurrection or the insurrectionists Refer to them as terrorists. Uh huh. I remember that. And then he and then didn't didn't he get called out on it by like Tucker Carlson or somebody? Yeah, he had to walk it back because t- yeah. <laughs> Tucker Carlson pantsed him on the air, and of course Ted yep. Cruz crumbles under yep. pressure. But I wonder if that's been a thing that has been under discussion uh, among the Republican caucus on the Senate side. Is this thing, we're defining this thing in a certain way that's contrary to Trump's definition. So why? That's the big question. Why are they doing this? What does Mitch McConnell have to gain by saying this? What do the Senate Republicans have to gain by saying this? Are there polling indications, possibly, maybe state-level polls, indicating that people are starting to distance themselves from Donald Trump? Like, the only way we're going to make some serious headway here, and we need to... You know, we need to run up our majority, or we need to gain majorities here. Right. Um, and we need to make them secure majorities. So how do we do that? Maybe it's, you know, people are saying, you know what, this Trump thing, we're kind of, maybe to pollsters, maybe internal polls that we're not necessarily seeing publicly. There's something boiling under the surface. Why would Mike Pence say what he said? I, He's I think fucking exhausting. Trump is yeah. exhausting, even if you like him, because to yeah. keep up with his whipsaws mm-hmm. of like, and I think the vaccine thing really hurt him. Yeah, when yeah. he told Candace Owens that everyone should be vaccine, vaccinated and boosted. I, th- I mean, there were some real some MAGA people who were like, but I thought you know, their little brains just started leaking out of their ears like could <laughs> well, be do. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, David Shockett has been talking about this. Who would, who would benefit better for Trump to just disappear, the Republicans or the Democrats? First off, the country would be better off yeah. in general. But I think the Republicans would love him to disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because they don't like him and his ilk. They don't like Marjorie Three Toes. They don't like Lauren Boebert. They don't like Madison Cawthorn. They don't like these people at all. The cer- certainly the high up guys that have been there forever don't like them. Yeah. They would prefer an, a Liz Cheney or an Adam Kinzinger. And Liz Cheney 
is raising more money than the Trump guy um, who's right. running against her. So, and that's that's money being raised for traditional mm-hmm. Republicans versus the crazies, and that's something you can just see in their their financial disclosures every quarter. So, I think that's also a concern. There's three or four different people that I, I read the story last week um, that are mainstream Republicans. You know, vote lockstep with all the the horribleness that they do, but they're raising money that their Trump rivals are not raising. And that, to me, is a good sign. As much as I don't like the Liz Cheney's of the world, at least she's not crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you've got a point there as far as the money goes. Maybe it's the money people Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. are backing away from Trump. You know, they see... Or, or, they're, or they're splitting their money, because I know that there's some, you know, it's it, what's happened. Tom Hartman brought this up. He goes, look, this big billionaire conservative is going for this crazy person that is a Trump guy, and then this big big uh, billionaire guy is going for a normal Republican. Hmm, yeah, the billionaire yeah. class are fighting amongst themselves on who to support, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely prepared to admit that we're overthinking this. I mean, oh, yeah. maybe this is just mm. an intra-party scuffle, and... Mitch McConnell's voicing his opinion on the insurrection, which, quite honestly, he voiced, what, the day after the insurrection or maybe on the day where he condemned it. And so he's at least consistent in terms of his words. He obviously opposed forming a uh, a 1-6 commission. If I was Mitch McConnell, I think I'd be pretty fucking resentful of Donald Trump. Well, yeah. Mitch McConnell, for all of his faults, has been a creature of the government his whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, his entire career has been spent in Congress mastering the, the dark arts of parliamentary procedure. And, you know, and then this fucking guy that lost money on casinos. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. It's saying he's your boss. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what Trump's- And they're now even paying his legal bills. Well, here's what Trump said about Mitch McConnell's statement regarding a violent insurrection. He said, Mitch McConnell does not speak for the Republican Party and does not represent the views of the vast majority of its voters. He did nothing to fight for the constituents and stop for and stop the most fraudulent election in American history. And he does nothing to stop the lawless Biden administration, the invasion of our borders, rising inflation, unconstitutional mandates, the persecution of political opponents, fact finding in the incompetent Afghanistan withdrawal, the giving away our energy independence, etc., which is all because of the fraudulent election. Instead, he bails out the radical left and the rhinos. If Mitch would have fought for the election like the Democrats would have, if in the same position, we would not be discussing any of the above today, and our country would be strong and proud instead of weak and embarrassed. And by the way, he misspelled incompetent. <laughs> Of course he, he did. My favorite part. He says incompetent. <laughs> he says pundit, too. Pundit, yeah. yeah, that's right. But more whining from Donald Trump. Stop whining. Yeah, he's always whining. Big, macho, manly Donald Trump. Manly, alpha, strong, tough Trump. <laughs> always, always whining. But, you know, it's kind of revealing looking at this thing. Mitch McConnell does not speak for the Republican Party and does not represent the views of a vast majority of its voters. Not speak- Which is why he's the minority leader. Yeah, right. well, right. well I, I don't know. I, I, I'm listening to myself and I'm going, ah, I think there's a lot of wishful thinking. 
I mean, it seems like it's too good to be true if this were some sort of rift in the Republican Party and it was going to continue to expand and and eventually separate the Republican Party. He can't be collaborated with. Yeah. It's completely impossible to – I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all if the people who are the longtime political functionaries of the Republican Party who know how things are supposed to work are not sick to death of him mm-hmm. because he can't keep a secret. He tells everything out loud. Yeah. He like – he said uh, – I don't know. I, I, it would not surprise me at all if they were just fucking sick of him and tired of mm-hmm. trying to keep up with his weird mood swings. I, that's just it. There's that. They're constantly having to triage everything he says. And, you know, I think they figure they can still get the Trump supporters, which is who they're really afraid of, uh, without having to deal with Trump himself. And I think that may be the needle they're trying to thread with all of this. They're trying to get the, the crazy red hats to continue to vote for Republicans while distancing themselves from Donald Trump. I don't know if that can work, but it may work out well for the Republic, and that's all I care about. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the hell happens to the Republican Party. Republican Party can go ahead and die. I don't give a shit. It would be the best thing for American democracy if the Republican Party just vanished. Or, you know, short of that, which is a long shot, uh, short of that, just a, a split. So you're dealing with two parties, and they cancel each other's votes out. It's always a much better news. Meantime, Ru- just a rash of broken hips on the stairs. <laughs> mean, meantime, Rudy Giuliani and other Trump legal advisors asked a Michigan prosecutor to hand over the county's voting machines to the Trump team. How can this be anything but voter fraud? How is this in Election any fraud, yeah. universe legal? I have been trying to maintain some sort of an even keel when it came to DOJ and a federal level investigation of this entire conspiracy to overturn a fair and free election. And uh, this has got to be one of the main things. They were trying to seize voting machines and hold them for longer than the transition would have taken. I think they wanted to possess the, the voting machines for two months, which would have put returning the voting machines and having some sort of conclusion about what happened to the voting machines, which nothing happened to the voting machine, but they would have concluded that in like mid February of last year. And I don't know what that's that would have done. what I find frustrating there. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause it's like all the crime is just like right out there on the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all there. We can see it. Um, and it just, it frustrates me that, you know, he's out playing golf right now, probably or getting his diaper changed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, um, James Rossiter, the prosecuting attorney for Antrim County in northern Michigan, said Giuliani and his colleagues made the request during a call after the county initially misreported its election results in favor of Biden. Officials later said that Trump had beaten Biden by more than 3,000 votes in Antrim, which was confirmed by a hand recount of the paper ballots. That's all that needed to happen. That's all they needed to do, right? The call came around uh, November 20, 2020, when Trump's legal team was searching for evidence to support his false claim that the election had been stolen, which, let's just define this for what it is. The entire big lie, the election fraud conspiracy, is born out of the fact that Trump, an almost cult-like way, like, and I'm talking about Trump as a cult follower, Mm-hmm. cannot allow himself to concede to defeat. It runs contrary to well, his... Well, Mary co- told us that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it runs contrary... It just it won't ever... It, he's going to sit there. What's the, the, the Star Trek episode where it's like, I'm a total liar. Everything I say is a lie, including what I just told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean... 
Yeah. That's defeat and Trump. He can't yeah. process it. And that's exactly what happened here. So he's discovered that he's lost the election. He's the first uh, incumbent president to lose an election since George H.W. Bush. There have been very few incumbent presidents who have lost their reelection bid throughout American history, Donald Trump being the latest of them. So this fries his circuits. This, is, this does not compute in Donald Trump's brain worm infested head. So he's got to fabricate this. It's got to be because there was a, some sort of conspiracy to make him lose. It can't just be that he sucks and people hated him and 82 million people in the United States rose up to make sure that he couldn't be president again. It can't be that because that runs so immensely contrary to his entire worldview, his ent- the toxic positivity that he has engaged himself in. Uh, it's creepy and weird. Even beyond just the criminality of it, even beyond the fact that he's a crook who tried to steal a democratic election, prevented the peaceful transfer of power, or at least tried to. This is something that Mm. cuts to his belief system. It cuts to maybe the only values that he has. His only value as a human being is never concede defeat. And um, I guess that would be it. <laughs> I guess that's just one thing. Never concede. And do be- everything you can to, to not get caught. Yeah. Even yeah. though he's dumb and he's, he projects everything that he's doing. But he hasn't. Unfortunately, he's not the crazy one. The rest of us are because he keeps getting away with it. So, he's got a lot of surrogates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully Glenn Kirshner is right and, and – it's all going to happen all at once because they are being super, super careful. That's why the DOJ sent it back to the archivists going, do this the right way so that it doesn't look political, yada, 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 even though I wish I'm, I'm Veruca Salting as well. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I really do think that Merrick Garland is going to do the right thing, and if he has a case to prove, he will be able to prove it. And I, I hope that's the direction he's headed in. I like to think that there is still some normalcy at that level, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm talking about it's, it's it's abnormal. It's not usual. It's not a usual thing where mm-hmm. someone investigates a previous president. That's never right. happened before. Right. But in terms of adhering to the rule of law. Yeah. That's a, a level of normalcy that has to be maintained. And mm-hmm. if Merrick Garland decides, well, this runs contrary to our historical precedent to, mm-hmm. you know, adhere to the rule of law, that's going to be, that's a major, major Well, then the country's problem. over. The country's yeah. over at right. that point. I mean, right. it's just, mm-hmm. that's, our that's whole, We're done. You know, uh, yeah, all, true, all men are created equal until they're rich. Yeah, yeah rich like and powerful. You know, that you're about <clears throat> where the country would be over and then I have to find another planet to live on. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What's the word on attempting to overturn an election but not succeeding? What's the legal ramifications of that? Do we know? Well, it would, I would imagine that would be attempted election fraud. Um, it's like attempted robbery just because you didn't succeed in it doesn't mean you didn't try. And that's, yeah. that's against the law. Right. You can't attempt mur- attempted murder still against the law. Mm-hmm. Even though you did not succeed in killing said person, you did something wrong and mm-hmm. you should be punished for it. So, I mean, attempting to do something, you know, is still against the law as yeah. far as I read in my law and order degree. But when it comes to over a, a sitting president trying to usurp the results of an election. Uh, that's, that's a coup. Yeah. 
but we don't have a whole lot of precedent for that. So I don't know how no. nuanced the law is as far as, well, they really tried. They got these voting machines. They had a plan outlined for Mike Pence and the Electoral College. And, oh, by the way, they forged uh, a fake see, alternative electors. See, that? Those, that's real. It seems that's like a pretty paperwork. clear conspiracy, yeah. you know? That shouldn't be that. I mean, like I said, it's all out on the table. Mm. They were all planning together and working on multiple fronts to try to subvert the will of the American people and overthrow a, a democratically. It's an attempted government. coup is what it is. Yeah, they didn't yeah. succeed yet. Hi, Kitty. They didn't succeed yet. <laughs> it's a motherfucking attempted coup. Hi, Kitty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to take a, uh, a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Nazi truckers on Yay. the way. Here comes the Nazi truckers uh, back after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Cut from the uh, Treetop Flyers and the brand new album. Album's called Old Habits. And song is called Castlewood Road. I love this stuff. I'm getting so many DMs and uh, tweets and emails. People requesting more Treetop Flyers. Yeah, thank you for doing that. We love them here, and we're going to certainly play more. Uh, I got a link in the description to support Treetop Flyers to download the album. Again, it's called Old Habits. And uh, you'll be glad you downloaded it. That's a that's one you definitely want in your library. Also, getting lots of uh, still to this day, getting uh, more more and more DMs and uh, emails about uh, 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 Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith's oh, new album, Cosmologica. Thank you, Jody, for mm. introducing uh, them to us. Because oh my God, is that album wonderful? I just yeah, I Christian's love it so great. much. We, yeah. we love him. He actually uh, recorded Guilt Lily, a few songs for Carrie's old band. Oh, that's Years good. Years ago. Mm, so yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's fantastic. And he was our sound man on the first movie I ever produced. So. Oh, nice. Sexy yeah. Squirters, too. Oh, no, that no, wasn't no, no. That was, that was, that was a mine. Okay. I didn't produce that one. <laughs> right, right. Okay, uh, I, I paid a location <laughs> fee for that one. Um, about 500 bucks for that. Uh, no, he, the first movie that I did years ago, he was our sound, he was our boom operator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. what he was. He was yeah. our boom man. And, of course, he's the son of uh, the great Mike Nesmith, the late Mike Nesmith from, uh, yeah. from the Monkees. And uh, he plays, on Cosmologic, he plays all the instruments. It's incredible. He's so immensely talented. He's like a one-man yes, or like a one-man Genesis. It's incredible. He's he's very talented. I wonder where he got it from, huh? Yeah, gee, I don't know where he got that musical prowess. Uh, I don't know where he got that talent from. Hmm. Might be genetic, yeah. Could be. So, uh, Nazi truckers in Ottawa. I I haven't 
haven't really been keeping an eye on this story too much, but apparently uh, the Department of Homeland Security has warned that the Nazi truckers, I'm just calling them Nazi truckers, there's lots of Nazi flags. Uh, the Nazi truckers might be headed to the United States on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> is that this Sunday? Is the Super Bowl this Sunday? It's this week. It's in Los Angeles. It'll be 86 degrees. So have fun, guys. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Am I going to get sued because I called it Super Bowl? What's their Bowl? plan? I mean, are they going to like block roads or what's, what's the deal? I don't well, know. that's what they're doing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blockade. They're trying to yeah, stop. Yeah, that's what they want to do. And, yeah. But, you know, somebody during the uh, Niners game, I guess a Niners fan got really injured by a Rams fan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't fuck with Rams fans. Just don't. <laughs> and it's, it's this Sunday, right? And, and um, Yeah, it's this uh, Sunday. 3.30 p.m. is kickoff. And will I be sued for saying Super Bowl on the show? No. Because you're supposed to say the big game. Because they don't want people saying Super Bowl. It's fucking dumb. What? Sports are so dumb. Yeah, Super Bowl. The NFL uh, has a, a copyright on the phrase Super Bowl. And what? so if you say Super Bowl, you have to pay the NFL a royalty. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's a game. It's the I know. Huh? It's sports ball. It's, it it's completely, sports ball. It's entertaining, but it's completely irrelevant to the functioning. I just refer to it as the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. The uh, insipable. But you guys haven't um, heard them calling it the big game for like the last mm-hmm. 10 years or something like that. Every time you hear them say no. something like in a commercial or no. something, oh, yes, we're watching the big game. Well, they're saying the big game. Because they don't want to have to pay royalties to the NFL if they say Super Bowl, like I'm doing over and over again. I, I've never heard that because I know that I've heard Ms. Miller say that name. I don't see why. Yeah, that I don't know. Be, that's it's a it, huh? Okay, <laughs> it's a title, exactly. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. So uh, this uh, it's tr- like having to call Sunday night football, like you know, seventh day of the week football. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Evening. Oh, uh, maybe maybe podcasts and radio shows are exempt. Ha ha ha! I don't oh, think so. Oh. So uh, this trucker convoy is protesting vaccine mandates, uh, and so they're going to go to the Super Bowl with their trucks. Warning of a trucker protest similar to the one that has brought Ottawa, Canada, to a virtual halt. And also, they're going to Toronto, by the way. So Toronto. Well, the thing is, is they're, if they're pro- if they're protesting Canadian vaccine mandates. Why would they come here? Well, we have vaccine mandates too, so uh, not really. The, remember, the president's uh, mandate got tossed. Well, but there are state level mandates, and also True. Uh, there there are federal mandates that still stand for like that healthcare for, workers for, and so on. Yes, but in general, I mean, he, uh, employers uh, with 100 employees or more are no no longer man- go to Starbucks. They'll let you know. Yeah, no yeah. longer mandated to do that because of the stupid Supreme Court. Mm. Um, so as far as like, like Canadian mandates are hardcore and they're great. I'm all for it. Yeah. I think we should have it. But, and, and then the truckers union is against this. And apparently there's a website and the name is escaping me um, where people are doxing basically the trucking companies Oh. Because the you know the truckers all have you know the name of the companies, so mm. now the companies are coming out going no 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 we don't support this we're going to fire these guys we're going to find out who they are and they're fired. I mean this is this isn't going to go well for the truckers because they are such a small group of people. Yeah. That that and ninety percent of people that are in Canada that happen to be truckers are vaccinated. So it's even the unions against it. The companies are like, no, we're going to fire him. And then one guy said on Hartman, I believe it was yesterday. He said, oh, no, I tell you exactly how they can get him out of there. Because I guess a lot of these truckers have taken the, airs out of their, the air out of their tires. 
So it's harder to tow them. Um, so one guy goes, no, no, no. You bring, you bring something that'll you know reinflate their tires. Grab the truck driver, arrest his ass, put a union guy in, and drive the damn truck out of the way. Right. <laughs> Just do that. Yeah. And uh, I noticed this on Twitter the other day. This is a comedian named Sarah Schaefer, and she did a, a fake commercial for a platform called Me Research. Are you tired of reality not fitting with your own personal narrative? Try Me Research. <laughs> Me Research is a state of the art program that streamlines the process of doing your own research. Me Research uses patented technology to harness your fear to guide you to the actual truth, which is just <laughs> like the normal truth, except it's mostly false. Me Research reroutes your search beyond the mainstream media and directly to alternative blogs, Facebook groups, comedian podcasts, extremist message boards, and websites with names like dailyfrontlinenewsgazette.net or Patriot Hole. <laughs> and don't forget to try out Passive Mode. Just open up YouTube, push play, and let the algorithm do the rest. Within three days, you'll be making preparations for civil war. Me Research users belong to a community of like-minded intellectual giants who are just asking questions. You'll feel like you have special insider information that others don't have, which in turn makes you feel important, open-minded, and smart, even though you may not be any of those things. <laughs> to help with this, Me Research works with real scientists, doctors, and experts who have found a niche being contrarian in their own field. It's a wonderful partnership in which they bring credibility to your false narrative in exchange for you making them feel like a celebrity. When confronted with any source of information that contradicts Me Research, Me Research activates, immediately swipes the invading fact from your brain, and replaces it with an explanation that makes it all just work, even if your theories have to get more and more outlandish in order to do so. While using Me Research, if any person tells you your information is wrong or false, Me Research provides you with airtight original comebacks like, Why do you hate free speech? Feelings are not facts. Cancel culture is destroying society. Enjoy your echo chamber. Or anyone who criticizes Joe Rogan has obviously never listened to an episode. <laughs> when your friends and family ask you where you read that, you can tell them, Me Research! Download Me Research to your brainstem today. Also available on CD-ROM. Me Research is a product of Facebook, Twitter, foreign and domestic disinformation campaigns and capitalism. That's fantastic. So, I mean, I found the, I found the uh, website that's outing yeah. companies. It's called convoytraders.ca. Excellent. Oh, man. Maybe they'll also do something about that website called Patriot Hole. I love that one. That's my, my favorite, favorite one from one. bit. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's an OnlyFans. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. And, of course, the trucker thing. What is it with red hats and trucks? I guess it's yeah. that. I guess uh -huh. it's a demographic thing, a class thing, because made me immediately think of the president show and Tony Atamanek. With the a truck. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Hong Kong. Hong Kong goes the truck. Hong Kong goes the truck. Honk honk goes the truck. Did you guys see? Honk honk goes the truck. The truck goes honk honk. Did you see that? Did you see it? Unbelievable. Did you see the truck? Did you see the truck go on? It went honk and it moved so big. Unbelievable. It's so crazy. And you see how it moved big trucks, big wheel, and the big wheels go around. And then when you pull on the horn, the horn goes crazy. And the truck's so unbelievable because it's a tremendous truck. I wish we had a bigger truck. Wouldn't it be great if a big truck came? <laughs> The great Tony Atamanek uh, from the President Show. Well, meantime, New York, Massachusetts, and Illinois 
will ease mask requirements as the Omicron wave recedes. And I think it's too soon. I think it's I all too, too soon. I do too. I mean, L.A. County and San Francisco County are keeping their mask mandates, but the governor is loosening it in places where they are really wearing them anyway. Um, I mean, my niece, who is an anti-vaxxer, mm-hmm. got COVID finally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was Surprise. like, oh, this, this really sucks. And all I, I wanted to say to her was, I wonder if there's something you could have done. Yeah, if there's some measure that there you could have only take. been some way you could have avoided it. You know, she's like, my yeah. husband didn't get it. or And, and her children, to me, that bothers me that she's not vaccinating them. Mm. Um, and she goes, my husband didn't get it. And she goes, and I don't know how I got it. You know, I work out of the house. Well, it's like, well, your husband works outside the house. You work in the house. He comes in and goes, and your children are going to school. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder where you got it, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Well, the broader problem with this, too, easing these masking requirements, is it's now building on top of this drive toward d- demanding that the pandemic is over, uh, pretending that the pandemic is over, specifically. And what this is going to do is it's going to create this attitude that we don't need a mask ever at all anymore because everyone's starting to ease up. And I just... Uh, we're not at that stage yet. There's still BA2 out there. And look, mm-hmm. I, as coming. I've been, been saying the past couple of weeks or a couple of days especially, is if BA2 fizzles, then that's great fucking news. I mean, that yeah. may indicate some form of herd immunity, but we don't know if it's going to fizzle yet. We just, we're not at that stage yet. We just haven't reached that point. And this so shit is going to keep throwing off variants as long as there are bodies to bring in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of food service and retail people are going to go back to doing anything without a mask. Yeah. Because yeah. anytime you deal with the public, I mean, just I just feel like you know it's been it's been kind of a relief to not get the flu the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the seven day average of uh, COVID cases in the United States has decreased by forty four percent from the previous week, while hospitalizations have dropped by about twenty five percent, and deaths, which lag behind those indicators, have increased by about three percent. So there's that. Uh, It's declining, but we're still only hovering around where we were at the peak of the 20 into 21 winter spike from last year. L.A. County just went down by 16% since yesterday. So we are definitely on a steep decline. But still, Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, you got to squash it once it's going down. Don't go, okay, now we can go outside. Yeah, yeah. But we're really reaching the point where it's It's like. like, The plane's about to land. I can take off my seatbelt. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, f- I feel like we're really reaching the point where the train has left the station and there's not going to be a whole lot that we can do other than to simply protect ourselves. But we have just decided or I, we say, you know what? I say we fuck that. It's not we. Right. It's like a dozen writers and reporters and maybe a handful of governors responding to these reporters and these op eds deciding to do something without any popular sentiment driving it. There is no popular sentiment saying, yes, we demand that these mandates are over. The truckers aside, the Nazi truckers uh, being a complete outlier in all of this. The polls indicate that people are still, you know, even though we're all sick of COVID, we're all sick of this shit, people generally are still erring on the side of safety and the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and the testing and so on. I mean, thank God. Thank God they're, the polls are still showing that. And who knows if the polls are accurate. But it's certainly not being reflected in some of these pieces that are being written. 
Certainly not in that Atlantic piece the other day. Open everything, which, as I said before, is just a absolute canard. Just do not do it. I just I feel constantly like I'm uh, Admiral Akbar in Return of the Jedi. It's a yeah. trap, and it is. Mm-hmm. It is a trap, <clears throat> and we're pushing our uh, democratic leadership directly into it. And uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope. I hope everything turns out just fine. <laughs> Have you not learned to stop saying that yet? I know. Jesus Christ. Hey, look, I was the one who was uh, saying that there was going to be a gigantic spike this winter, and sure as shit, it actually happened. I'm not uh, an epidemiologist. I'm not a trained physician. I play fart noises on a podcast. That's what I do. But, you do it so it, well. It, it doesn't take a genius to, to watch cause meat effect. Yeah. You know? Well, that's just like, it. I, I, I think, at the very least, I have an instinct for trends. And the way this is trending is not difficult to predict. It's not difficult to extrapolate what is happening. Pattern recognition. Past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pattern recognition. That's a great way to put it. It's not difficult to look at what has happened in the past and apply that to what could happen next. Now, granted, a lot of people got COVID this winter. And there are a lot of people who are vaccinated. Those two things combined could create herd immunity, and we could be coming out of this thing. But we're not there yet. No. We're not there yet, and and declaring uh, that we need to just return to normal life in this country is going to manifest many, many more spikes on the uh, absolute downside. And this is the uh, this is the fate we're tempting now. And uh, it seems like it's born a little bit out of guilt. I don't know what is driving this. I can't quite wrap my head around it. But, uh, but here we are. Anyway, uh, more show coming up on the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page. As I said, $5 a month gets you the Shadow Docket bonus show. It's the final third of conversation. All the stuff that we didn't get to on the free portion of the show today. We keep on talking. And then we post it on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com, every Tuesday and Thursday. So what you get on a Tuesday and Thursday is uh, if you go to bobseskashow.com and scroll on down, you'll find the Shadow Docket Show. Then you'll find the ultimate edition of the podcast, which is the free version of the show without commercials and the Shadow Docket in one file that you can listen to in one big chunk. That's the ultimate edition of the show, and that's available for $15 a month. So you can get that too. And also you're going to find the free version of the show as well, open to everybody. So if you want to see what it's like over on our Patreon page, you can go and uh, just listen to the free version of the show with the commercials and all that stuff for free. Or you don't have to say for free, you can just say free. That's what G. Gordon Money taught me. Okay, folks. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the Shadow Dog. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.